Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Market View. Bharati Jagdish and Timothy go with you. And no prizes for guessing what we're going to be leading with. Singapore's inflation data just out today to talk more about this and other issues. Alvin Liu joins us now. He's Senior Economist at UOB. Hi, Alvin. Good evening. So we saw Singapore's core inflation rise to a new high of 4.8% in July. This is up from 4.4% in June. How are you reading the numbers? Okay, first off, uh, I think this is about two halves. Okay, first half, right, the headline numbers, uh, 7% year-on-year, higher from the previous month. Uh, But that was in line with expectations. Pretty much the markets and ours the same. But the other portion of it, like you mentioned, the core inflation, 4.8%, much higher than our expectations and also exceeded uh, median expectations from the markets. Elvin, let's talk about how this will unfold or is likely to unfold? Of course, we've talked about monetary tightening, rising interest rates, but what exactly will be needed in order to calm down this environment? Of course, there are also fears of a wage spiral. Might it also take root in Singapore, where wages go up in tandem with inflation, and that just creates this vicious cycle of rising costs of products and services anyway, because businesses' labour costs have gone up? I think uh, if we look at the report, first off, definitely the focus, right, there is the warning signs on inflation developments in Singapore remain on the upside, external, which is the import prices. They are expected to persist. But of course, if you look at the backdrop, like for example, oil prices have come down. But still, I think on compared to a year ago, oil prices are still well much more elevated compared to where they were like uh, 12 months back. But the other side of it, as you rightly point out, domestic front, the tight labour market conditions, and uh, that this itself, the cost, the wage cost is something to watch out for. And business may likely to pass the higher cost to consumer prices through the consumer price itself. So both sides of it, we are uh, definitely best watching. I think uh, importantly within the report itself, right, um, in the previous month, the central bank did point out that uh, they expect the core inflation to peak in three, third, third quarter this year. But in the latest report, they have removed that uh, reference. So one of the things that we, we, even though they still maintain that they were eased towards the end of the year, which is something that we agree, but uh, that means that core inflation may be staying elevated for a longer period and not peak in the third quarter. Okay, Alvin, the think tank Armo forecasting an average of 5.2% uh, for ASEAN's 10 member states this year. That's more than double last year's inflation rate. So what do you think uh, can be done more to tame the inflation? Uh, first off, I think the numbers are uh, may be they may be relooking at the numbers again because mm. I think uh, certainly some of the numbers, for example, uh, outside of Singapore, for example, even in Thailand, the numbers are much higher than that. Yeah, uh, much higher. Of course, we are looking at the average. Uh, Indonesia's print is going up, but nowhere near, uh, not near to. Again, we look at it referencing to the developed economies, right? We are our rates are nowhere that high, but. Again, we are seeing the rates going up, continuing to going up, and there may be a 
need to relook at it. And of course, the response was the there will be a policy response. And um, of course, today we have Indonesia, the latest among the ASEAN economies, to hike interest rates. Then, of course, we talk about Singapore having done since uh, October last year a few rounds, including the unscheduled ones. And then looking forward, uh, tighter interest rates or tighter policy is likely to be still very much in the team of things for ASEAN Central Bank. Against this backdrop, Alvin, we're seeing other issues crop up as well. For instance, severe droughts are impacting the world's largest economies. We're seeing factory shutdowns in China, shipping delays in Europe, reduced agricultural output in the US. In China, the extreme weather is worsening a global power crunch. It's squeezing commodity supplies as well. How large of an impact will this have on China's slowing economy, regional and global supply chains as well? Okay, uh, I think parts of China have been affected by floods while other by prolonged heat waves mm. and severe drought. I think the severe weather conditions will have an impact on food production, electricity generation, which is what you're referring to where the shortages in the sound regions such as the Sichuan province. Uh, this disruption to the supply chain as well as I think in general the normal life activities I think are likely to translate to higher food and energy price inflation for one and like you rightly mentioned also lower industrial production. I think some of the industries in Sichuan have su- suspended production to conserve energy. I think uh, if you look at Sichuan versus the bigger picture of the GDP itself of China, right? Sichuan is about five, nearly 5%. So they do have uh, impact. But the other key economic regions, like uh, I believe my colleagues put it, like Guangdong, Shanghai and Beijing, have been less affected, affected nonetheless, but less index uh, magnitude. I think the impact itself on climate is still add, will add on to the existing downside risk for the Chinese economy. Having said that, this is a, I think climate change, while we know that this is going to be a long, long-term phenomenon uh, and we have to do something about that. But uh, I think in the short term, right, the drought is, is forecast uh, in the very short term. is uh, expected to ease by end of August. But the to put on the perspective for China itself, right, we are still more concerned about other things as well, as like such as the prolonged property market downturn and the old, of course the ongoing zero COVID policy that will may have the will hamper the demand recovery within China itself. I think uh, this week itself, at the start of the week yesterday, we also saw Chinese uh, the LPR fixing being fixed lower, which was not unexpected. What what was unexpected? What is more surprised was the amount that the five year LPR was fixed lower and this is uh, again a reflection of trying to help the property market which has seen that prolonged downturn itself. Alvin, let's uh, take a look at what's happening in Europe and the energy crisis there because uh, just you know, overnight uh, we saw a report suggesting UK's inflation could hit upwards of 18% by January of 2023 because of energy costs. Is this something that uh, we should be worried about as well for the rest of the world? I think Definitely the energy cost again, right? Like uh, just now when we talk about the extreme weather in China, mm-hmm. that is that condition for... And uh, I think in this region itself, definitely there will still be that concern. Uh, if you look at the Singapore numbers just uh, alone, right? The transport component is the biggest contributor to the headline number. And I'm not quite... Su- I won't be surprised that this is quite the same picture as a lot of the economies itself. And that large component, one of the key components, of course, that is the energy with it. Uh, 
energy-related component within it. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is definitely one of the key considerations. And I think the combination of factors is not helping. Of course, uh, climate is one. The developments on the market itself is also not being, uh, it's not useful right now, uh, helpful right now to the cost of commodities, energy-related especially. Still on Europe, Alvin, Businesses are saying that activity contracted for a second straight month. Weak PMIs are pointing to third quarter contraction. To what extent do you believe that Europe is actually slipping into a recession? So now definitely our growth outlook is being uh, projected lower. We are not looking at the, if you are looking at the global economy itself, global economies activities is slowing down. We are not yet putting our neck out to call for global recession. But certainly some re- regions, especially like the in Europe itself, right, where the energy issue right is being closely tied to the geopolitical developments there, right, that has caused the additional, I guess, the pain point right for them, and therefore they can they will be seeing that the huge spike in energy related inflation at the same time right it will impact negatively on their their industrial activity because of energy costs as well as of course the consumption itself so they are at a more i think at a more heightened position versus a lot of other regions for example Alvin, we're also looking at agricultural challenges happening in the U.S. with water shortages and all that. Will this continue to drive food prices up? I think that is definitely one of the key concerns because I think uh, since it peaked, there was an energy price that was peaked. Oh, no, sorry, food prices that actually turned uh, peak at the point where uh, after the, the Russia-Ukraine uh, war broke out. But then subsequently, I think the index did see the some kind of a, 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 a the the index calculated by the UN the food index did see some uh, easing, but then now with this new uh, again I won't say new but the the, the climate related factors right that will actually may put uh, upside pressure onto prices on uh, agriculture soft uh, soft commodities. Alvin, I know that a lot of analysts and people on the ground as well will be watching the Jackson Hole Symposium this week. Analysts say that Fed Chair Jerome Powell has the chance to reset market expectations at this meeting. What are you expecting to come out of this? I think this is important in the sense that Jackson Hole, as you rightly pointed out, uh, has been used in occasions, uh, many occasions in the past for important policy announcements or decisions or uh, kind of uh, direction giving kind uh, in this symposium itself. Um, for now, I we will still be expecting him to keep the Fed on track to hike rates. That is for sure. I think the question is whether is uh, is it going to be a 50 or 75. Our in-house view remains for it to be a 50 basis point hike. Of course, in between now in Jackson Hole and then the Fed policy decision in September, there is still another September. Uh, there's a August CPI print coming out from the US. That is also important as well. Um, it, it's hard to see that they would actually make a full reversal and pause on rates. That is really not a not the, the key expectations. It's really about how much more would they be hiking. And um, as I pointed out, while they may have a, give a, power may give an indication of, let's say, a 75 basis point hike in this coming meeting, uh, this coming symposium on Friday. But then if I would say that if the Friday, uh, if the August CPI number next month, right, comes out another 
easing number, right? Much lower number, like what we saw in the, the July print, right? That was uh, about last week or about one and a half weeks ago. Then again, I think market expectations can still turn to expect a lower uh, height of a 50 basis point. Okay, Alvin, thank you very much uh, for sharing your insights with us. That is Alvin Yu, Senior Economist at UOB. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.